0: Double L C I T Y that's our
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me today I have Dan. How are you, Dan?
0: Yeah, um, not too bad, Alex. I'm not too bad. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably about the same. Um, it's been a, a bit, been a bit of a weird week for City, I feel. I feel. We kind of went from one of our best wins or, or the best win of the season um, to a pretty disappointing sort of typical City performance against Accrington uh, yesterday morning. Um, but I guess we'll start with that Portsmouth game because it was just such a tremendous victory and, and really followed on from the win last week against Stanley uh, with a with a 4-0 win against Portsmouth. Um how did you say this one and how did you see the uh the performance of the team
0: um look the game against Portsmouth was um was really impressive i thought we um we we turned up and we were just ready to, they were ready to play they played with style um you know they played with intensity they, you know moved the ball around really well um and i, and I think the result was was just a it was a well earned result it was probably beyond what I was expecting um, and, and beyond what I was hoping for. But um, no, it was, it was great. It was great to watch. And um, just I think it was sort of one of those games where I, th- I think we got helped out a little in a, in a couple of little moments with the, the rub of the green, I guess, um, that with Marquise being offside mm. um, early um, because that was very early on. And I think if Portsmouth had, had Portsmouth had scored there, that would have changed the whole complexion of the game. Yeah. Um, and then obviously uh, I think the first goal, Keane Lewis Potter heads it uh, and it go, goes off Watmo mm. to go in, I think. So like a couple of those little things where in other games, they haven't gone with us. They, they, they were on the night. Um, not that, to, and then I'm not trying to say that we were lucky to win. Just those couple of moments um, went with us and and helped us on our way. I think.
1: Yeah, and look, perfect examples. The last game against Portsmouth at the KCOM where it was almost the complete opposite, where those moments went against us, and Portsmouth got the luck of the green and, and got the two own goals. So it it can't be too often that you get two games between teams in the, in a season where there's four own goals scored, which is um, pretty remarkable. But I guess it at least pays us back for the. Uh, the misfortune that we got in the first one.
0: Yeah, I'm um, just thinking about it. It's probably even rarer and more hilarious is that they won two nil at the KCom and didn't score either of the goals. So, right. and, so and we've won four nil, but only scored two. Of them. So across the two games, we've scored four and they've scored two. But it's been like yeah, it's yeah. It's like it's just worked out kind of kind of weird.
1: And I don't know if you saw that um, Watmo, who got both of the own goals against us, then got a red card uh, yesterday morning in the Portsmouth game against, um, I think they were playing uh, Peterborough or someone, I think. Or, or Mandel was... Uh, who were they playing? So, yeah, it's not, not a very good week for poor old Watmo, but um, uh, pretty fortunate for us who they have. No, they had Lincoln, that's right, because they had Lincoln. I knew it was one of the top teams. Um but yeah, look, I mean, it was there was no changes to the side from the game against Accrington last week, which was probably the right call. I mean, Coyle kept his spot. Um, I guess we'll sort of talk about Long maybe in a little bit, but it's sort of um, it's sort of a tough one, I guess, at the moment. And and, and maybe after this Stanley game, there will be a few changes. But I guess it was tough while we were winning to make any changes. But you look at guys like Emmanuel and Ingram who've served us so well earlier in the season, and you must be sort of thinking what what they need to do to get into the side.
0: Yeah, look, I think they've sort of, while the changes have, I guess, for the most part, worked, um, and obviously in that little poor run we had, uh, McCann's identified a couple of things that, and, you know, made some changes accordingly, and they seem to have worked for the most part. But I think they caught me by surprise because I thought for the most part so far this season, you know, Ingram and Emmanuel had been really, really good. And even in those games that we lost, they... I, you, it would be hard to say that they performed particularly poorly in those games um, because even in some of those ones that we, we lost, you know, you see Emmanuel was, was was the one of the ones who was trying to instigate a comeback and, and pushing and, you know, making great attacking moves and, and, yeah. and trying to create something. So it was interesting um, to see how that's all um, unfolded. But who knows, it, maybe it's become a matter of, you know, managing – Loads or things, and maybe there's some some minor niggles or something that contributed to to, to their place. That's or them being um, switched out in, in, onto the bench. But um, I don't know. I think yeah. I feel a bit I feel a bit bad for Ingram because I don't think he's really done that much wrong um, to have lost his spot. And I thought you know when Long came in, well Ingram only lost because of COVID, didn't he? He went out for COVID players and long come in since, Um, which I sort of thought it was going to be like some of the others, you know, he'd get his fitness back and a few couple of games Mm -hmm. and then he'd come back in. But um, I guess, you know, it's a testament to um, long being in, 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 you know, ready to step in as you want those seconds keepers. And like we said about Ingram at the beginning of the year, you know, he spent all of last season just riding the pine, getting a few, Cup games here and there, Uh, what, one game or two games at the back end of last season, I think, after the Wigan demolition. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: game in after the Wigan game, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, you know, didn't get a lot of game time, a lot of just, you know, practice games, maybe some under-23s, whatever, and came in the beginning of the season and has been outstanding. And, And, you know, I think that's really good signs in terms of goalkeeping that both of those have, you know, got an opportunity for whatever reason, and have both both been able to grab those opportunities when they were there. So,
1: yeah, definitely. Well, before we talk about the Stanley game, which was probably a bit more disappointing, um, I guess for my my MVP votes for the Portsmouth game, um, I'll probably have to go with Honeyman for the three because you know typical sort of Honeyman performance, and, and especially because he then contributed with the goal. And I don't think it'll get chalked up as an assist. Maybe it does um, uh, for the for the first goal. Um, but was certainly just active all across the pitch. And his, his set piece is once again really uh, vital in terms of our ability to score goals. Um, and I'm kind of going, it's kind of weird in a 4 0 win, but I've got more of a defensive flavor for my, my votes. I've got Jones for the two, because I think Jones, just week in, week out, since he's come into the side for Burke, has looked tremendous um, and has really sort of made the spot his own. And we sort of talk about Emmanuel and Coyle juking it out for that right-back spot. I think Burke's now got a battle on his hands for that centre-back spot because I think Jones has certainly shown that he he's really more than capable of filling in in that spot. And um, I would hope that it's sort of his spot until he puts a foot wrong. Um, and then I'll give the one vote to Elder, who's sort of another one going under the radar but has looked very assured at left-back and um, has been a huge contributor to our style of play and our ability to get up the pitch.
0: Yeah, look, I think there's some there's some solid shouts, I guess. Um, it's the only thing that probably counts against Jones is that bit of versatility he's got. Um, mm. Because, you know, we saw in the, I think, the Accrington game, he moved into centre mid um, towards, the, towards the end of the game. Um, and I think, yeah, because Burke was suspended for Portsmouth. So, yes, it was obviously the Accrington um, game. But, yeah, um, look, I'd probably only... I know it's harsh on Jones because he did he did play well, but um, I would probably put KLP in there only because he, you know, I think it was mentioned in the commentary. He's the smallest bloke there, and he's <laughs> and he was constantly popping up. You know, it he won there. about four or five headers in the box, like um, you know, created um, quite a few good opportunities, um, and was just really busy. You know, and it's been good to see how um, you know effervescent, how energetic he's been since his um, reinstatement to the starting eleven. Yeah, and I guess,
1: uh, you know, seeing that 4-0 win coming after the uh, the 3-0 win last week, you, you, it's very natural to look at it as the, the effects of KLP coming back into the side, which is, I guess, what makes the the Stanley loss uh, yesterday morning so frustrating with, with the 2-0 defeat, that I think it was our first away blank of the season. Um, and, and it's really hard to pinpoint what actually went wrong. It just it seems like one of those games where... Whether, whether, you know, we went one game too many without making significant changes. I think Magenis came in for white as the only change. Um, whether the players were getting a bit tired, uh, whether there was a bit of complacency because we beat the same opposition 3-0 last week. Uh, hard to put a finger on quite what went wrong in this one, but um, especially frustrating to not even get on the score sheet.
0: Yeah, look, it was, it was a weird game. Um, and, like chalk and cheese with the la- like even the Portsmouth game or even the, the game last week as you mentioned against Accrington where, that we won 3-0 the reverse fixture that just didn't seem like how I said about Portsmouth they were they seemed on it and they were there and they were energetic and they were ready for it they just didn't seem up for it from the beginning it seemed um, that while we dominated the reverse against Accrington, Accrington just had our number um, yeah. yesterday morning they um, they pressed us really well, consistently throughout the whole ninety. Put a lot of pressure on us, and which um, I get, which mostly just stopped our ability for those the lovely interplay that we've had seen the last couple of games. Um, working the ball from the backs through the midfield and into the forward line, a lot of that was very ineffective. Apart from uh, there was a couple of counter attacks. You know, I think probably... I think
1: Lewis Potter had one where he – I think he had our only shot on target for the game where he basically ran from halfway and mm. got through on goal and, and forced a save, but that yeah, that seemed to be about it.
0: Yeah, it's, I think across the whole 90, there was probably about six decent passages of build-up play, um, and I think two or three of those were counters, um, mm. you know, like the Lewis Potter, like a quick break, so not, not that um, – Impressive overall uh, compared to the last couple of games. I mean, the weather and the, f- the pitch looked atrocious. Um, it,
1: well, we got a very good view of it. The camera was very close to the
0: pitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's quite a few comments in the commentary about how um, one of the smallest grounds, um, mm. you know, in the league. And um, it did look small. I think we've got stadiums in Australia that are bigger than that one. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, um, but no look, it, I think you can make excuses, but I guess at the end of the day we just they they weren't on it, and they weren't good enough on the day, but um yeah, it was it was very wet, um, and so the ball was skimming around a lot, but then also the pitch was, I don't know, it just didn't look it didn't look great, and it didn't look like anyone was handling it that well. There was quite a few players like just slipping over and and things just um so yeah, I know, it was just a weird one. Yeah, and look, I mean, I guess it's a weird one because I think if this was
1: the game last week, if we'd lost to them 2-0 last week, we would have probably still been disappointed, but they were going into that game in a really good run of form and they were really one of the the most dangerous sides in the uh, competition and and we beat them 3-0 and felt very confident after that. So the fact that we've now gone to their ground and lost 2-0 probably dents that confidence a bit, but putting it in the context is that, you know, Stanley having a great season and and they're looking really strong. So I don't think the loss is maybe quite as bad as it comes off, but I suppose after having, you know, gone seven nil across two games without conceding, that's where the frustration comes from that it can flip so quickly. Um, And, you know, McCann was sort of asked after the game about how to explain it and he just sort of said, you know, we just didn't take our chances, Um, you know, I guess we'll we'll talk more about it in the uh, transfer section, but I guess there is still that talk about needing to get another striker in, and um, it's 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 kind of crazy because we're one of the t- one of if not the top scorers in the division, but we're kind of bemoaning this lack of goals or chances that we're creating.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, it is. I sort of get like I get, you know, the argument for like a like another out and out striker, but I think. You know, we've seen Keen Lewis Potter can be effective through the middle. We've seen Wilkes can be effective through the middle. You've got Magennis who's I think on nine goals for mm. the season. I think he's uh, almost
1: a career best ta- or you know, yeah. I think it'll be the first time he hits double figures in a while. I think they'll say. Yeah.
0: Um so you know, plenty of guys who are um, you know, doing really well. Gavin White has looked pretty impressive since he's arrived. Um, you know, being energetic, I think an assist and a goal already yeah. so something like that so um i don't know if it's actually as dire as it appears and to say that our like our attacking stock like stocks need reinforcement because we blanked on this last game but we scored seven in the two before Yeah, i feel like what's happening is like we talked it's, it's been talked about but like the expectation that's been building you know on, on where we should finish it, and even like within our little our facebook chat that we've got is just sometimes we get people people getting carried away and saying oh well we you know we need to be first and we should be like blitzing this division and yada 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 talking about you
1: know how many points we need to be you know to get to 100 points and stuff yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) 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 um (laughs) um, but like i think at the end of the day like or even like this this battle that we sort of got with lincoln at the moment you know and going oh well we need to win this and oh no they've won and this and but like we're still sitting in the automatic spot at the moment. Whether we come first or second, like or it like we've got one to six is is a very acceptable finish to the season in my eyes, considering how last season finished. Yeah, that is the thing. That is the thing. An expectation, like I, you know, our performances have certainly warranted like a rise in the expectation of where we should finish, but I think at twenty-four games played you know i don't know if it's we des- necessarily have to be in first position the whole way through the league it doesn't yeah it whether we finish whether we're first for 46 games or we're first for one it doesn't really it's going to make no difference as like if that if we're first for the 46th game yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, like no, i think if we stay if we can st- stay pretty consistent, which I think we have really, there's been a couple of little blips, but they haven't really lasted for too long. And even like the, mm. that uh, through dis- the December, January, that looked and seemed like it was going to be really damaging. Not really. You know, yeah. when you take things into consideration, um, you know, the game that we that we just lost against Accring- Accrington and, you know, Lincoln's one, you know, that would have you know, kept us equal going into the our match with them next week, end, I think, something well, we,
1: we We play them in the trophy soon. Actually,
0: have a look when we play yeah, them. Yeah, I, the I, I, I think it's after. It's like we've got same as acting We play them like twice in a week or something stupid. Yeah, right. I think it's Swindon and then Lincoln in the league, and but Lincoln in uh, the I, cup is in the middle.
1: Yeah, and well, so it's Swindon, then Lincoln in the cup, then Burton in the league, and then uh, it's Lincoln. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah so they're really, they're really like close together. In those times, I
0: think. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, I think, like, at the end of the day, we're close enough. Um, we're still... I think that the, the battle at the top is is really interesting It's in seeing how that all unfolds, because we're saying, oh, well, we've had this dip in form, but, you know, by all accounts, Lincoln could very well, you know, mm-hmm. in another couple of games, another month, it could be start this weekend, could could have their own dip in form, could go three games without a win or three only pick up three points across, you know, a couple of games or whatever, like, so. I yeah,
1: think- it's, it's it's very easy to think that, that the teams that you're racing against are going to go perfect and that if we don't go perfect, it's sort of, you know, skies falling in. And it's easy to forget that, you know, yeah, every other side will have their own blips in form as mm-hmm. well. You look at, you know, you look at your Portsmouths, you look at your Peterborough. Um, I think Lincoln's already had a little bit of a dip earlier as well. So it does happen and you're not going to win every single game. Um, I'll give my three votes for this one because then we can keep talking about this um, with the context of transfers and McCann himself. Um, But I I went with Coyle for the three in this one because I thought he was um, quite dynamic from from right back and I thought he he had one of his better games for us. Um, And then I've just gone the easy option for Honeyman for two again um, because I thought he was – um, quite strong up until the injury, um, and then KLP for the one vote because, as we were sort of saying, he he kind of created our few big chances in this game. Um, but, yeah, they were really the only standouts for me.
0: Yeah, look, I don't think I could argue with those selections um, on this one. There really wasn't... Uh, everyone was pretty flat. There wasn't anyone who really stood out head and shoulders a- a- above. So, um, But those are pretty good shots. They were at least tried to do something and, and, you know, did their job, so. Definitely.
1: Um, well, yeah, um we'll, we'll talk talk more now then about, because we're sort of going to talk about the transfer rumours and potential for a new striker. We've already sort of started discussing it. And it sort of feeds into this bigger point as well, talking about McCann. And, um you know, I, I guess while KLP wasn't in the side, there was a lot of talk of of getting rid of McCann. And then we, we won those two games, 3-0 and 4-0, and everyone suddenly kind of went well, you know, he's not so bad, we can kind of make do. And now we've lost to an older Stanley and everyone's got gone back to the, well, you know, he has no plan B, we've got to get rid of him. And it's very, very reactionary game after game. And, um, I mean, it's funny because I was sort of saying with this talk about the striker, it almost seems like the club's becoming a bit reactionary too or, or McCann's becoming a bit reactionary too, that we go one game without scoring and suddenly he, he's talking about needing to bring in a striker again uh, or, or at least there's talk about needing to bring a striker in again. But... Um I, I guess where where do you stand on, on McCann and, and where do you stand on I, I guess you've already been saying a little bit about our form and, and not needing to panic too much. Do you still look at take a step back and look at the club and sort of say, look, you know, McCann is still kind of steering us in the right direction?
0: I think for the majority, or for the most part, yeah, look, McCann's you know, he said that he was targeting promotion this season and he's in that, you know but he's in that position. So I think it would be hard. It'd be pretty harsh to, to sack him at this point in the season when we're sitting second. Um, You know, I think we've just about got the most goals scored in the division. I think our defense is pretty strong overall as well. Um, It's up there with, I think it's in the top three or four at least. Um, So look, when you look at, just look at it by the numbers and the like that sort of stuff, take all the emotion out of it. Um I, I think it's fine. There's no there's no there's no real reason to, to to make a change in that regard. Um I guess on the striker thing, I guess the only thing is how what did, what was the diagnosis with Eves and his I was, ankle I was gonna ask again? I think they were saying he's out till March. Um Yeah, right. So he's done his ligaments again or something. Yeah. Um yeah, right. That was the other thing because I guess like without that, then maybe you go, yeah, um, you could. But I guess like the other thing is what are you going to, like at this time, we got, like, what do we got, three or four days left of January, um, you know, in January inflation at its best and then we're right at the pointy end of the window. So um, are you going to get value for money on um, on a strike, at, especially if you're, I guess, maybe you're trying to grab a, Another loan, how many loan spots can we have?
1: Uh, it's a good question. I can't remember the exact number. I know there's I think there's some limit in the match day squad versus the actual number you can have, mm. which is different. because um, I guess like you say, I think a loan would be the only logical option because if you're buying a striker, to bring them in on League One wages to begin with, and then be expecting them to make that step up to the Championship, it's a very, it could be a very costly gamble if you're bringing in someone for essentially six months. Um, yeah. you may as well turn to the loans. But I don't know who's available.
0: Yeah, look, I think if you were trying to buy someone, you'd, you'd be trying to poach, you know, one of the better strikers, I guess, from the league, who's not going to command huge wages, but mm. then. They're going to put a prem- They're going to be a premium. You're not going to prize, you know, those those high quality strikers, even from League One opposition. They'll, they'll be able to just pretty much put whatever yeah. price they want on at this stage. Obviously, depending on uh, contract situations and things. But I, I think yeah, loan. But then like, and then again, who's available, you know? Because yeah. we've we've certainly signed some players on loans and and things before that. Just It seemed like just because there was someone available who fit the position, um, there was that guy that we got a couple of years ago, um, might have been a defender, and he came from, I think he got released from his contract in the US or his last contract had been oh, in the US. Uh, uh, R- Ridgewell. Yeah, and well, that's right, Liam Ridgewell, and he came in and did absolutely nothing. And it just was like a weird, it was so left field, we didn't even and know, it was, it, and it just came out of nowhere. And then, yeah. like, and needed, and still needed to get fit, and all sorts of weird. And it, weird it was right. Like
1: it so. was right when we were challenging for the playoffs, and Adkins was saying, "Oh yeah, you know, we've been talking to the owners, and we're going to make a few signings." And I think we brought. Was that when we brought in Mark Pugh as well? We brought in Pew, who looked okay. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah possibly. Okay. Yeah. And then we brought in Ridgewell. And I was like, it just didn't add anything. Mm.
0: Um, mm. Yeah, that I think, and I'm not even sure Ridgewell might have even been a. Off contract, just a free transfer. So he might have even been later. He might not have even been in the window. Yeah, right. Because um, I remember it seemed really only, late. He
1: only stayed for six months, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: So anyway, um, point being, don't want to make another Ridgewell signing. You know, yeah, just yeah. like making yeah. a signing just to add a body into the squad. Um, I think we have enough options within those forward players. Um, and well, I mean, really? when you, even to, you look at We're, like we haven't even seen Florida, Jordan Florida. about to yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, there's there's players there. Um, Chadwick's come back um, into and been on the bench and got a couple of cameos late. So I think we really have enough that we don't desperately need to charge out and get another striker. Um, next year? Yeah, I'd, I'd say absolutely in, in the coming off-season, a, a priority would be to, to be trying to find another high-quality striker. Um, as much as I like Tom Eaves, his return at the club has been well below um, par. Um, and, especially and, because, and I thought even, like, I thought this year, you know, he'd come back down to the level yeah. that he was so successful at previously and he'd start, you know, and he'd get a few and get his confidence back up and then we'd be good. But just hasn't just hasn't sort of happened for him. Um, and I think yeah. he's just another one of those unfortunate players that's come here and it just sort of hasn't fallen his way while he's been at the club. Um, I think he, like, he tries really hard. Um, And, you know, he does – he's had a good goal-scoring record, just can't quite put it all together um, for us, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, there's still time. He might, you know, come back in and, and, you know, get in and score a few and finish the season on fire. Who knows? Which may change the conversation
1: entirely. Well, exactly. I think it'll be interesting to see um, how he is when he comes back into the side. I think certainly – If we were to get promoted, I'd almost say that a striker is the only thing that we would need to strengthen next season because um, looking at our squad from last season compared to this, I think we're stronger in almost every position Um, and in those positions where we haven't necessarily strengthened player-wise, the players that we have have developed into better players like Honeyman, Lewis Potter, Mm. Wilkes. So I think a striker is really almost the only position we would need to strengthen next season if we were to sort of try and take that next step. and I think you're right. I think I think it's one of those positions where you'd almost do wait till the summer and just try and get through with what we've got. I think we've got enough options. I think with Flores, with Crowley, with the the front three that we have of KLP, Wilkes and White, I think that's dynamic enough. You throw Magennis in there occasionally if you want a big man, especially later in games. I think I think that was probably the mistake against Stanley was thinking that because Magennis scored late in that game against Portsmore mm. that it should be thrown in from the start. And I think part of our success has been that dynamic front three that can sort of rotate around and, and throw defenders off. By by having Magenis up there, it sort of straightened us up a bit too much, and I think that just made it a bit easier to defend against us um, and was sort of our undoing. I think I think if, if someone like – if White had needed a rest, I think you play Meyer or you play uh, Samuelson, who, yes, he's got a bit of interest, but you play someone like that where it's still that sort of – or Crowley, you know, throw Crowley up top. Um, one of those smaller, more skillful players to sort of still fit with that front through.
0: Um, yeah, I guess... Yeah, I'm wondering, did Magena start against Accrington in the reverse? Um,
1: uh, no, no, I don't think he did because the Portsmouth lineup was unchanged from the first uh, accrington yeah.
0: game. Yeah, so, that's right. I was wondering whether it had been like he'd start in that and they went back to right. that 11 or something, but right. um, no, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a weird one, but look, I think I don't even know where we were. We were talking about that, and then we we're talking need for strikers. Yeah, look, I I think the thing will be just like the contract. But I think we've actually set ourselves up really well for whatever happens next year as well. We've got those couple of loan players there, which by um, all of a sudden, I assume have the option to buy. So mm. you get to the end of the white with the year, the season with say Gavin White, and if we go up you go sure let's let's take that option keep him there keep him in the squad he you know build some confidence build some form build some rapport at this level you go up perhaps he's able to um carry on um you know at the next level uh, you deal with Jones who i think he's only on the weird like one year thing yeah, for this season yeah. it's like a permanent um, deal
1: but it's a one year so it's almost it's essentially a loan yeah
0: yeah um which you know He'd be one I'd be absolutely trying to lock up for, for next season. Uh, who else is there? That's, um... uh,
1: Crowley, I guess, as
0: well. Who's, I think the weird
1: one with Crowley is I think we've got the option to buy, but I think he's out of contract at the end of this season anyway. So it's like ah. if if we didn't take the option, I don't know how that works because maybe it just means we've got first right, we can sign him up before yeah. he becomes a free agent or something. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I'm not, not sure. But he's actually looked quite decent, quite um yeah. Really good on the ball, and really, um, like especially now with you go well. Honeyman got injured. Um, we actually have that ready-made replacement of of that guy who can fill that number ten, energetic, technical. Um, so he's um, he's looked dangerous, played some really nice balls. So he's another one that you um, I wasn't sure about, but he's he's um, impressed me so far. So another one who would absolutely you'd be looking just to try and lock up heading into next season, um, especially if we're getting promoted. Um, I think the only – you go maybe, maybe in the back line. It's like – I don't know why we're talking about next season so at this point really, but like I just while we're on – you know, maybe in the back line you, you'd maybe want to add a bit of extra – another player there for depth. But, you, I mean, you'd, you – You damn.
1: know, you look at you, – you got Burke, Graves. But I think
0: like, like another loan, like a loan centre-back yeah. from from it would probably be the best – would be a good option just to bring in someone – you know, another yeah, bring in like 12. a Premier League
1: player or something yeah, exactly. if we're going up, yeah.
0: But anyway, uh, that's a discussion for another six, four, four five months' time. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. But look, in terms of players that we do have, um, we'll talk about our Player of the Week this week, which is, um, I think it's Lucky Last. I think it's the last of our uh, permanent players from the start of this season, which is Matt Ingram, or I should say permanent players from last season who've carried into this season, which is Matt Ingram. We did of course make a few signings that we haven't yet talked about. Um, Signed uh, in June of 2019 now. So what's that two years ago now um, or 18 months ago now from QPR. It was a pretty sort of um, low key signing when he came in. I don't think there was a whole lot expected of him. He was just sort of brought in as depth for, for long, I guess, and to, to give him a senior body to, to compete with and, you know, you always hear from keepers when they come in as a, essentially as a second, uh, second uh, keeper, saying that you know they're going to be fighting for their first team place and and so on. And um, doesn't always necessarily mean a whole lot because you just expect that the incumbent's going to stay in in the team. But we've already sort of mentioned the fact that after that Wigan game, he came into the side in the championship, um, looked reasonable. I, I think, um, I think I'd seen some stat about the number of goals that he'd conceded last time he was starting in the league. Um, which kind of concerned me, but uh, he looked very reasonable in the championship. And then as we said, he, he then took the preseason basically as the number one, um, and started the season as the number one. And we went on that run of not conceding a goal for the first four or five games or whatever it was. Um, and, and so, yeah, he's got eight clean sheets this season from 19 appearances, which is a great return. Um, and, and was just unfortunate, I guess with, um, with COVID that that sort of forces rotation from the side, um and he's probably now looking to, to regain his place. So what have you made of, um, I guess, Ingram's time at City so far? And and I guess then the question becomes, I mean, there was the I think it was the second goal against Stanley where Long was beaten at his near post, where the, there are those questions that Long still might not be the best option in goal for us, uh, and whether Ingram regains his place.
0: Um, look, I think overall, um, Ingram's probably been well you'd say he'd be, he's been a successful signing i think he's you know he's, he's he had to bite his time obviously as we sort of mentioned earlier but um, you know since he has come in especially this season he's been really impressive um, i think him and long are fairly different sorts of keepers i think you know long has some str- um, some strengths that um, that are different from ingrams. I think um, I think Ingram commands his box really well. I think his distribution is actually a little bit better than Long's. Um, I think perhaps maybe just in the reflex stuff. I think Long has mm. some spectacular mm. saves in those top corners and things. Um, but I mean, Ingram's had some pretty impressive. Would have some good a good highlight reel from this season so far anyway as well. But um, look, I think oh, I know I I. I've, Feel like he, I sort of said earlier. I think he's hard done by to lose his his spot, um, and I don't know. I guess, but then like if so, Long's made a mistake or you know hasn't protected his near post well enough. Are we then just being you know do do we yeah. want to be that reactionary sort of a like manager or have that reactionary thing where you go, well you made that mistake this game and then. Ingram comes in and then is it only until Ingram makes a mistake that Long comes back in and then we're chopping and changing keepers all the time Um, because that's not helpful for for anyone. You want to be able to have that relationship between your keeper and and, and your back line um, really strong. So I guess there's arguments for and against. I think Ingram should come back in personally. Um, I think, I don't know, Long's had some good moments, but I think he sort of just seems to be a bit hit and miss. Um, Yeah
1: you know, but... It's a tough one because I think if it's any other position on the pitch, it's a lot easier to, um, whether it's Emmanuel or whether it's, um, uh, you know, um, I guess White coming in on that wide position, I guess for him it was a bit easier because the Delican left. But in those sorts of positions, it's a lot easier to say, oh, well, you know, you're a bit tired, you need a rest, we'll bring someone in, and then that player just kind of gets the run of form. You look at um, Jones coming in for Burke. Um, for keepers, it's a lot tougher to sort of justify, as you're saying, and I, I do agree, it's a lot tougher to justify dropping a keeper. Um, and I guess my comments on Long are more, it's it's more just looking for that excuse to say, okay, well, you know, you've had your little run while, while Ingram was out with COVID. Um, now Ingram can come back into the side, and it doesn't feel like Long's just being... You know, thrown aside. It's almost like you kind of you kind of have to look for a reason to to drop him, and it, it's incredibly harsh. I think I think as you're saying, I think they both have um, decent strengths, and it's it's hard to sort of pick which keeper on their day will play better. I think um, was it Ingram who was in goal in was it the Fleetwood game in the Trophy? I think he was in goal and um, wasn't great for the. I think it was the first goal wasn't great, and I think that was Ingram um so that they they both had a few different issues um maybe ingram goes in goal um you know maybe long keeps his place for swindon and then ingram goes in goal for lincoln um in the trophy and then we see where we're at after those two games um but yeah look i think as we sort of started by saying i think he's been great value for for what we presumably paid for him um i think he's more than proved his worth
0: yeah look i think and the other thing was like i remember when we signed him and and there was some people were being like are like just looking at forums and things, and there was a bunch of players, people who were saying like that he was a dud and he was no good and this was his record. But I actually do remember quite a few – I don't know where it was QPR or experience. was it somewhat yeah, – some, yeah, maybe where he was before QPR or something. I can't remember, but there was – I remember people being like, oh, no, he's actually like – he's actually a really decent yeah. keeper. He's just been like unlucky, like he had a shit backline in front of him or something, mm. I can't remember. Um, but they said like, no, he'll be really good. Um, and I think he has. Because
1: so. well, he, 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 he was with Wickham and he was um, he was the highest ranked goalkeeper in League Two when he was there in 14-15 in um, and then signed for QPR in, in January 2016 as, I guess, sort of like a, a speculative signing because he was a really promising keeper. Um, and I, I, from memory, I, I do think he played a bit for QPR um, and then just kind of got it. Well, actually looking at it, he only played 10 games for QPR. But... Um, I think just got a bit unlucky with with form and with other keepers who got brought in, um, and that's how he sort of found his way to us.
0: Yeah, well, I think – I guess that's like the thing that happens because we are talking about keepers, and I was thinking about, you know, when we had McGregor, and we had – we went through quite a, cu- a couple of, um, you know, second keepers, and well, there was – Yeah,
1: we had a period with – was it McGregor, Marshall, and Yakupovic, and
0: yeah. McGregor went and out injured. Who else did we – there was that – um Duce, oh, uh, Duce, Duce and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who came in you know, was a decent keeper from somewhere else and came in and never got a shot, basically. Didn't even get a, didn't get a minute <laughs> I think, yeah. So, you know, like, it it can I mean, happen. And I think, he, like...
1: He, he came in and he was all excited because I think we'd signed him in the January that we went up with um, Bruce the second time and he's excited because he's going to get to play in the Premier League. And then he left, like, the next January. He was really upset because he hadn't played at all. It was a bit unfortunate.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, that's just... That's just how it can go with with keepers. Like, you know, a keeper leaves and you've got to get someone so they come in and then, you know, I mean, I guess it's the same with almost most positions. You know, a manager will have their opinions and, you know, even though they, they bring you in, they want you there. They've obviously, you know, they've they, that incumbent still got the preference and those sorts of things, and you know, unless the it's that incumbent that leaves, and then it sort of becomes up in the air. But I think, um, I think he's look overall, he's done really well, especially to then for, mm-hmm. to force his way past Long and get into that um, number one spot, where you know, when he first signed, it was pretty clear, really, who was the number one. Now it's. It, it's sort of flipped the other way or it's, you know, a pretty even battle. So I think he's done really well to force his way into contention um, so far. And I think you're right, you know, within the next few games, I'd hope that he's back in um back in that number one, um, just got to find a way to, to let long down gently, I think. Well, we'll see if it is against Swindon, who are our next opponents. Um, I,
1: I was looking at uh, their manager and 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 looking at his stats and then remembering that we have played them already. Back in October, it was the 2-1 loss uh, where Lewis Potter scored that worldie of a goal and then, um, then we went down 2-1 after that. Um, their manager is John Sheridan, who's actually... It must be a very rare honour um, having been in charge of four different clubs during 2020 because um, I think he was at two clubs uh, in League One in the first half of the year and then joined joined Wigan um, at the start of this season. It was only there for about a month before moving to, to Swindon. So um, I can't think of many managers that would go between four different clubs in a single season but uh, or calendar year, I should say. Um, but it doesn't look like it's done them much good because they've only got one win in their last five games. Um coming into this one against us. So it, it looks like the perfect opportunity for us to bounce back from the loss to Stanley. Um, I guess the main question would be what – change. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about the goalkeeper already, but what other changes would you see potentially being made for the side?
0: Um, I think um, probably going back to that uh, KLP, Wilks um, and White starting front three, that seemed to be really effective against well, Accrington and Portsmouth. Um, so I see no reason that you wouldn't just go back to that after it didn't really work. Um, I sort of feel bad for Janis because he's been really good for a lot of the time for a lot of season, especially even some of those games, you know, that he start, that like he started quite a yeah. lot of games and played really well. But um, I think just the way that we went about those um, those two games in particular, to to score seven and and be so dominant and so devastating and so damaging. Um, I think if you set up like that and you and you play that way, I think it actually lends really well to Magenis coming on late and then yeah. like and and you know you've spent seventy minutes setting them up to to and they've been working out how to defend against this really dynamic play, and then you go okay, well now we're just going to have this direct more direct approach or like yeah. a bigger bigger body in the middle and throw them off again, um, you know, and it's you know he's come on and he came on even recently. Which what he came on and scored a penalty with his like with the first. Uh, it, was,
1: yeah. it was against Stanley.
0: Was that the okay Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then it was, that was and, the red card,
1: I think, and then he scored the penalty.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and then um and then got and then come on and and got a goal.
1: Yeah, like last minute goal against Portsmouth as well. Yeah. So. And and and, then, right. and even to be fair, he, he was pretty unlucky against Accrington in the second game that he had that great header ruled out for offside. So mm, it's yeah. not that he didn't have chances I think it's just um, it's just I think we're creating more chances we're more dynamic mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're having that front three of um Wilkes yeah.
0: yeah um and I guess you're probably Crowley's obviously probably coming in for honeymoon yeah. um hopefully that's not too serious I haven't actually heard much so far uh, on that front but um it didn't look like much beyond just a contact sort of a thing but I mean, you never know sometimes they look like like not much, and then you know it's a torn ACL or something. touch wood mm-hmm. that's not the mm-hmm. case, but um, he he did look very uncomfortable, um, you know, he's rolling around and and limped off pretty heavily with support from the physio. so um, mm-hmm. yeah, probably the they'd be my only real changes. I wouldn't I'd leave it um with Jones and Greaves in the back line um it kind of didn't work it sort of worked okay to to be able to go oh, okay burke you can have 10 or 15 minutes at the, end of the game and we'll just push jones up and that sort of keeps everyone happy in that regard yeah. um but no i think i think you know jones and greaves have been working really well um coil it right back still um, i'd be happy unless he's like unless he's you know pulled up sore or tired or whatever, I've seen a reason to change in that spot. He's actually been quite involved in the attacking play as well. He, I think he actually got another shot on – shot on, maybe not on target, but he had another couple – he's blasted another couple of shots and got up into those positions. Um, So – Yeah, well, we're looking been...
1: at the news – yeah, sorry, I was just going to say looking at the news, it, it looks like we don't have any news on Honeyman yet. I think they're just sort of looking to see how it is over the next few days. So maybe before the weekend we'll we'll, ha- we'll know a little bit more mm. about the seriousness of that, but – it's sounding like it's more of a shin injury than a knee injury. Yeah. So hopefully, it's just a yeah. It
0: looked like um, he he went through, and it, I think he they made it... they just had it was a wild swing of a challenge or something, and it just got a bit of a he just got cl- clipped or oh, not clipped. He just got clattered into I think pretty mm-hmm. heavily in that in the in the leg. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's not just a contact, and he you know maybe he's hobbling around for a couple of days with the sore leg, and it's not too serious. That'd be ideal. But um, I think that's. That'd be the only real real change I'd um, think about. When you talk about their manager having been at four clubs, and I was just thinking, lucky he's not a player, you know, with yeah. the restrictions of the amount of clubs you can play <laughs> for in a twelve-month um, period. So, because um, I yeah. remember it was Ben Arfa when he like when he came that's and then right. left, and then he wasn't he joined he signed some friend somewhere friend else. Club but, and, yeah, he joined and he could not play yeah. for them for a while. So, um, yeah, just a, that just popped into my head as a just an amusing thing, but.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. I'm trying to think. No, I think I can't even
1: think of an equivalent I can't even think of a, mm. a manager that's been at 3 clubs let alone 4 yeah. in a single season, in a single year. Yeah.
0: Um I guess on the on term in terms of the, the result uh if it goes by anything that's happened so far this season we'll win this because we lost the reverse. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true actually. You know, yeah. I was just thinking like we lost to Fleetwood and I it was the cup re- reverse but you know we we lost in the league and then and then beat them in the cup. Uh, beat Accrington, lost to Accrington. You know, just about everyone right. that we've played lost twice. To Portsmouth, Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just about everyone that we've played twice so far, we've had a win and a loss against. So, you know, we must be due for a win against Swindon.
1: And... Yeah, it's, that's a good point on that one. Um, yeah, <laughs> look, I'll probably say that we, we, we're due a win against them as well. I think uh, looking at their form, I think... You're right. It, it, look, it's going to depend on our lineup, but you're right. I think if we start with that front three and um, yeah, I'd love to see Crowley and um, from the start, I think he's, he's looked really good. Um, he, you know, he made sort of some comments when he moved here that he was moving here to get more game time. He didn't want to be sat on the bench. So um, it's been a bit unfortunate that he's been sat on the bench to start with, but <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see how he goes coming into the side, um, particularly if he starts playing, you know, quite well. Um it then becomes another interesting selection dilemma when um, when Honeyman becomes fit again because you can't leave Honeyman out. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens with that one as well.
0: Yeah. Um, um, I would like to hopefully Flores gets onto the bench and, might, yeah. and hopefully gets a bit of a run because I'd be I'd be I'm would like to see him get a bit of games. So.
1: Yeah, we because we, we saw him in a small cameo against somebody I think, and then we haven't really seen him since. I can't remember who it was. I thought we maybe it was in the trophy or something. I th- oh I might be thinking of the um. He did play in the under twenty threes game. We had that game against Chef United in the under twenty threes where I saw that we had quite a strong lineup uh, and thought we were gonna do quite well and, and then ended up losing four two. So it wasn't wasn't quite as um, exciting as, as I thought it would be. But uh, yeah, it would be good to see him in the lineup as well. Mm. Um if we don't see him in the league, we might see him in the uh, in the trophy game that we've got next uh, midweek. Uh, we're sort of already talking about the fact that we oh, have Lincoln.
0: Flores came on against Accrington in the first the first okay. round play.
1: Yeah, I thought he I thought he might have when they got the red card, because I knew we threw Crowley on, and I thought we might have put Flores on as well, um, sort of just to give them a bit of a taste um in that one against ten men. Um but yeah, Lincoln in the Lincoln in the trophy quarter final, it starts to get a bit more legitimate when it gets to when you're up to the quarterfinals and the semifinals so it starts to feel like you know Wembley's not that far away um I kind of say each round that I'm a little skeptical that we'll actually get to the end of this tournament because I just feel like you know any week now they're going to say well let's just scrap it Mm. and use those weeks to to play catch-up games although it does seem like less teams are having um uh COVID issues in the last few weeks it doesn't look as if many games as many games are getting postponed anymore so who knows? Maybe it will be. Um, it will be. Um, it will be okay, and, and there won't be any more postponements. But you know, knock on wood on that one. Um, how do you? How do you view this game? Do you see it as a chance to to try and progress in the cup, and, and therefore play a really strong side, or play a bit of cat and mouse with Lincoln since we played them only a week later in the league?
0: Ah, oh, that's a interesting one. Um, I look. I think at the when we're at the quarterfinals. So I feel like you may as well like have a dig at it. Um, and I feel like we'll probably play um, our best team. Um, you know, you're either, either Lincoln, you know, they are to play their best team as well. And we get to feel it out. It's essentially a free hit against them. You know, we, lose we don't they don't get they don't you know extend a six-point gap against us or whatever but we yep. get some information you know about how they play and how we match up against them um which we can take into the the actual the league match up against them or um you know or they have an eye on the league and trying to maintain you know the the gap against us and that maybe that and they play a week inside and then you know you know we get an easy through to the next round or i don't know I, but i think you know at we're At the quarterfinals, as you say, it's only well, it's three games. Well, three yeah. games to, to win it, essentially. You've got quarterfinals, semis, and then it's the final. So uh, two games to make the final. So you may as well go out and have a good crack at it. Take, take your best team out, you know, get some of these players, get, get them amongst the goal-scoring action a bit more, you know, get some confidence in them. I think Crowley actually looks like he's really close to a goal. He's been pretty unlucky to either not be able to get his shot away or to have like, you know, a little deflection that's pushed it wide. He's had some really dangerous moments so far. So he's probably due a goal in the next couple of games, I reckon. Um, And and look, and I mean, it's
1: funny, like you say, play our strongest team, but I I could still see us playing like Emmanuel and and Crowley, mm. if he's not going to play in the league, he'll play in this game. And it's still essentially our strongest side. It's just different personnel, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I would just be, I'm just saying, I guess what I'm, I guess the, uh, the point I'm trying to make would be that not to f- not to play an under 23s three's yeah, yeah, yeah. side, I guess, um, to play a competitive a competitive side. Um, so, because like, and you look everywhere, even though like our best midfield three by far has been uh, Doherty, Smallwood, and Honeyman. You know, you could still play Regan Slater, um, you know, Dan Batty, or you know, Jordan Flores, or whatever, or something in this game, and it's still going to be a strong. Strong team, so I think we actually have it. We've got quite a lot of depth um, in those. In I guess pretty much across the park now that you can, you could play pretty much anyone. Even if you wanted to give Elder a rest, you know, we've when Fleming came in and he's played really well. So you could even like, you could almost play a fully different eleven and still be really competitive. I guess the only ones that probably wouldn't change would be our centre backs. They're probably the only ones we don't really have a lot of cover for at the moment. So, um, you know, I think. Yeah, we, we'll be fine. We'll play a strong team and um, get through to the semis and then knock them off in the league and, and knock them off in the league and be, there you go with six points ahead of them or something. <laughs> well, well you, you've worried me with your talk about the fact that um, it's always the equal and opposite results. It
1: feels like however this game goes, the opposite will happen in the league. It almost makes me tempted to say we should throw this game so that we can... um. Take them off in the league, but you know there's always a first in the season where we can get the double over someone, and I guess we've already got the double over Fleetwood in the um, FA Cup and the EFL Trophy, so we can we can do that with Lincoln as well.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Look, you got to buck a bucket trend sometimes, so we'll do it against <laughs> Lincoln.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I, I probably agree. I'd say we'll um, try and get through this game as well. I, I think I, I think you're right. Like we'll, we'll play a strong side. Um, I think we'll probably still take the opportunity to rest if anyone's particularly tired so if coyle's tired or or wilkes or someone like that we might rotate a little bit but it'll still be to bring in you know first team strong players um I'm sure someone like emmanuel and and, and Ingram if he hasn't got back in in the league will get their goes as well um, just to keep them match fit and, and motivated and focused so um yeah I can't see I can't see any issues in that sense, and it's going to be a, a great preview for what should be a really big um, game in the league in a week's time.
0: Mm. I guess the only I just was thinking about the backs, and I thought, oh, well, Burke will probably come back in to start, and you wonder whether maybe like was Andy Smith who played, yeah, uh, the last was it the last round of the cup, maybe? I think it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe you know, maybe he comes back in for another go, um, and that would you would then be able to say, you know, because Greaves has played just about every. Game this season, maybe he's due. I guess you know we did have those couple of weeks where we didn't have a game, but you know maybe. But
1: maybe throw McLaughlin in or or throw Burke back in, yeah.
0: So, yeah, even that you you go and we don't. I forgot about McLaughlin when I was thinking about (laughs) the depth in the centre back. So everyone, Paul McLaughlin, everyone forgets about McLaughlin. no, I think I think we'll do. Really, I think we'll be we'll be fine. We'll get some good have some good games and some good results um, in the next week.
1: Sounds like a plan. Well, well, I'm looking forward to those results, and I'm looking forward to um, being back next week to talk about them. So, thank you for joining me for this one, Dan.
0: Not a problem.
1: Anytime. No worries, and thank you everyone for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group, or follow us on Twitter, at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back,
0: it's your